Yo, welcome to Stars Podcast, the home of Growth Mindset Moment, where we break down the habits, hacks, and protocols the stars use while relentlessly moving forward to maximize our daily potential. If this is your first time, welcome to the fam. If you're a longtime listener, thank you for stopping back. Our guests range from entrepreneurs, C-suite pros, Web3, NFT, and crypto enthusiasts, jujitsu athletes, fitness instructors, mindset coaches, lawyers, and everything in between. They may seem different on the surface. However, when we start to break down the systems they all live by, we quickly realize we're all not so different after all. I'm your host, Ron Jordan, along with my co-host, Alyssa Jordan, coming out of Rosinante Studios in Slippery Rock, Pennsylvania. Let's get into the journey. Yo, yo, what's up, fam? We got a special guest coming into the studio today. Victor is in here. He is the founder of, uh, I believe, is Kangaroo Heroes. He's also a Web3, just like I am, inside of the game. And uh, I can't wait to get into it. He ha- he also hosts a weekly, I believe, weekly podcast, or not a podcast, but a Spaces, um, about Be Stoic. And we'll get into what that all means and his journey into that uh into that space, man. Victor, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Ron. Uh, that's an, that's a great introduction, by the way. Just from the from the play button all the way through the through the what kind of guests you have on. I'm very excited to to be here. Thank you for having me. Hell yeah, I'm I'm very excited to break down what you guys have going on, um, especially just with everything that's been going on inside of the space and what um, what keeps you going. I saw some of the uh, some of the numbers that you have going on over on your spaces, man, and it is a it's a jumping spot. So I'd like to jump into how you've evolved into that. If we could back up just a hair, and maybe you could introduce yourself and, and just give a little bit of background uh, as to who you are, Victor. So, where do I start? Um, I'm Latino. I'm actually an immigrant, Dominican born, and uh, first first generation college graduate. And I, I moved around a lot. I, I was kind of like a nomad growing up. I was born in the Dominican Republic. I moved to Weehawken, New Jersey. From there to the Bronx, New York. I spent quite a few years in the boogie down Bronx. Shout out to uh, the Bronx, New York. From the Bronx, New York, I segued over to West New York, New Jersey. I went to middle school there. Shout out to West New York, everyone out there that that I was able to meet and I still have contact with. Um, and then, actually, if you didn't know this, West New York is the the smallest most highly densely populated area in like the whole Northeast. It's like, it's like a mile long, but there's so many people that live there. It's ridiculous. It's like a mini New York. And then from West New York, I moved over to Elizabeth, New Jersey. I went to high school and uh, eventually uh, college uh, over in Union County, New Jersey. I graduated from Kane University. Interestingly enough, I got invited, I got involved with uh, Greek life when I was in college, you know, fraternities and sororities. For Many sure. people, um, they have like a preconceived notions like, oh, party people, they, you know, get fucked up, they haze, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It was um, it was an experience because it allowed me to during. So just for context, that trans that transitory period from high school to college, it is the one of the biggest transitory periods in people's lives. Um, the people that do decide to go to college because you go from being completely dependent on your parents, completely uh, supervised in every form and fashion to now it's just a free for all. You, if you dorm, you have your own room, you like, you really pops out. Like the things and habits that your parents instilled into you, the, the, the norms, virtues and principles that you had growing up really pop off when you go to college. And um, I, I learned a lot about myself, not only because of, um, Immediately when I went to college, my college was a a mile walk from my house. And I told my mom, I'm like, yo, I'm dorming. Like right after onboarding, um, I was like, I need to move in there. I made the jump. I moved in. My mom had my bags packed before. before (laughs) She was like, good, get out. Yeah. Before I was even approved, she's like, oh, yeah. I'm like, peace. Nice. Um, I got involved with Greek life and, and I saw certain parts of myself that, um, that I could improve on. I'm like, hey, you know, I, I don't want to be just like anyone else. I saw uh, someone saw something in me, actually, and they nominated me for uh, leadership positions within my university, which put me on uh, on a different course. I ended up becoming a programming vice president and then uh, a treasury vice president within my 
uh, organization, which led me to traveling the country, going to uh, student leadership conferences in, in Hartford, Connecticut, and in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and, um, and in Kansas City, Missouri. So I basically traveled representing my university and my town and my state to these to these places where where I came from, I was like, I was just so wowed. I was like, yo, they let me the fuck out. Like they showed me what's possible. They showed me um, that I can compete with the top students, the most privileged individuals in, in, in the top high schools in the country. And that really opened it up for me. Uh, I thrived in, in leadership within my university. I ended up um, creating a note sharing doc with the conferences that I that I went to, which segued into me creating a note sharing doc for VCon, which was a, a massively valuable uh, uh, activation and initiative where I was able to gather notes from VCon and put them together in, in, a, in, a, in a master document to share with, uh, with the VFriends community and just about any community that I interact with. And um, now fast forward, I'm a community manager for Kangaroo Heroes. I got into the NFT space in January of 2022, so just over a year ago, and it it really um it really opened my 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 spectrum of understanding and of networking to a whole nother level where everything that I had been through in the past had led me to that moment, and I was able to capitalize and just um develop develop communities, develop myself, and uh, and just just be a part of of this amazing movement and. Uh, this amazing movement that's 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 brewing in in the web three space it's global it's it's innovative it's always advancing you know you 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 step away for a week and you feel like you missed a, a whole quarter worth of development you know yeah absolutely i totally agree with that and whenever you get that early that early spark for you that where somebody is believing in you and giving you opportunities you know you do have this this dichotomy that can happen, you can be like, no, I don't want to do that right now. That's not, that's not where I'm at in my journey at the moment. Or you can take it on and say, yeah, I, I actually want a challenge. I want to go down this path of, of leadership. Plan. Where do you think that that comes from? And in, in like, where was your decision process? How did you make that decision? What, what were some of the things that were going through your head where you're like, yeah, I think I can actually take that on because that takes a lot of self-confidence to get to that point to say, you know what, I'm actually, I'm actually in a position that I can move forward. And uh, was it was it somebody saying something to you, or did you just have that in your in your spirit? I think it's a combination. It's a, it's definitely a combination of um, a, a duality of sorts. You know, a combination of somebody believing in you and and you having the confidence to step it up and. Uh, I guess um, I just massive shout out to my mentors, to my coaches growing up, to the teachers that believed in me, to the people that that saw something in me growing up that just, you know, one word, one little drop in my bucket, one little drop in my bucket. Someone drops a, a word of affirmation, a word of confidence, a word of encouragement here and there. And, and me being aware of that bucket and, and knowing that it's there and seeing the progress slowly build up it instilled confidence in me like, oh, this is proof of concept. This is people that have believed in me, that have nurtured me and poured into me. And I owe it to them. I owe it to the people that believed in me to step up to the plate and to, and to you know, share my story and to not be shy and not be shameful and just uh, say fuck you to, to imposter syndrome, you know, because we, we've all been through it. And, and that's something that holds a lot of people back. Like you said, um, imposter syndrome is, is one of those things that, you can succumb to it and be like, oh, you know what? I, that 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 voice in my head is right. I don't have what it takes. I don't. No, fuck that little voice. You do have what it takes. You are worthy of everything that that you desire. Excuse my French. I I like to be. Oh, Victor, you're it's free game here. Let's go. All it's right. free game here, man. <laughs> I already got the explicit on the podcast, so it's whatever. <laughs> Perfect. So yeah, man, just big shout out to the, to my coaches and mentors and the people that believed in me and, and and offered me opportunities because um it started in high school. I went to a vocational high school and we competed uh statewide with other vocational high schools in auto body. I used to paint cars and um that opened me up to, you know, wanting to show the skills that I had and, and the hard work that I have been putting in every single day within my shop 
And it's just about the day-to-day activities, you know, like no one's a one-hit wonder. No one's a, no one's a, a self-made. It takes, it takes work every single day and community. You bring up an interesting point of the competition and even though it was it was not your traditional um, playing with a ball and competing against one another, it was it was a different style of competition. And I think that competition is something that that will breed confidence in yourself, even even when you lose. I think that putting yourself and putting your skills on the line was that. Especially when you lose, for me anyway. That's and honestly, whenever you put yourself on the field, you put yourself in the arena. We always hear this. You know, everybody wants to say things from the crowd and from the audience and armchair quarterback the whole thing. But those people who are in the in the thick of it and in the arena, very rarely do you hear them talking shit to each other. Yeah, on the field you do, but like that's just all in fun and games. But once everything's done, everybody kind of that's it. They, they enjoy each other. They respect one another. Um, I'm big into martial arts and you see it all the time after a fight, these guys pound the piss out of each other for 25, 30 minutes. And then at the end of it, they're hugging. They like go get beers afterwards. And I think competition breeds that gratitude and breeds that confidence in yourself. Um, I'm curious if you feel the same way and being involved in so many competitions, it seems like at an early age, you learned how to lose, but also learned how to win in that process. Um, so like, what are some of those skills that you think came from competing and, and how it shaped who you are now and all that confidence? Cause you're oozing confidence. You know what I mean? Like you, you just have it. So, but you didn't probably always have it. And I'm curious where that, where that is. You know what? Um, just a little backstory, because stories matter. Your story matters so much. Who you are, where you come. Dude, from. I have it written on my mirror. When I wake up every single day, it says, "Tell your story." Tell your story. It matters. You mm-hmm. don't know who you're going to inspire. You don't know who needs to hear it. By being vulnerable, we invite, empower others to be vulnerable and share their truths as well. So my truth is, um, I lost my father when I was seven years old. So I was raised by a single mother. Uh, She was actually a double widow. My little brother's father was shot and killed in the Bronx four years after that. So seeing um, my mother struggle uh, to provide financially and raise two boys um, and and teach them how to be men, it, um, it, it it was definitely something that made me very aware of the circumstances that I was around and and then taking it back to, I've been to the Dominican Republic, I've witnessed a third world country, I've witnessed poverty, I've witnessed what um, what it feels like to not know what you're gonna eat that day or where your water's gonna come from or people just not having sewerage, something as simple as having proper sewerage to take a shit. <laughs> it's, we take these It's so much we have here, it's unbelievable. It's we live in in the land of the free. This is this is the land of opportunity. The American dream is more alive than ever before. And many times you have to go through the dirt. That's why I love Gary talking about the dirt so much, because the dirt made me, you know, and basically um, around the year that my little brother's uh, father uh, passed away. I was diagnosed with some heart problems. I was told that I couldn't play sports that I couldn't um, compete. And I was like, that shit, my name's Victor, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm made to win. I'm made mm-hmm. to compete. And I felt it in my heart. I felt it in my soul. I'm like, I'm not, I can't allow this to stop me. And um, shout out to my mom for just believing in me so much. She was relentless. We got second and third opinions until one doctor eventually told us um, that I didn't need open heart surgery, that I didn't need to get put on a table, that they didn't need to cut me open and, and that I was fine as long as I believed in myself and, and, and I just went out and got it every day. And now I'm a fucking sicko. I love snowboarding. I just climbed the highest peak in Colorado uh, at, at Breckenridge. And I had seven buddies with me. I left them all behind because they didn't <laughs> want to climb to the top. I was like, fuck that. I'm going to prove it to myself that I have what it takes to climb this mountain. Even with everything that I've been told, even with all the things that, that, that hold you back, quote unquote, I break free of those chains because they don't, they can't tell me what to do. They can't uh, hold me back. And I love competition because it allows me to, to put my 40% against anybody's 100. 
I will bet 40% of me against anybody's 100. And if, and if I lose at 40, I'm like, all right, cool. Let's take it up to 55. You know, let's mm-hmm. take it up to 65. Let's take it up to 70. Let's keep going over and over again. And um, I recently bleached my hair. Blonde. Oh, it's looking good. Yeah, thank you. And I and it came to mind the other day. Um, I grew up on anime, Naruto, uh, uh, Goku, you know, Dragon Ball Z. Every time a Super Saiyan gets out of a fight and loses, he's stronger because of it. Mm-hmm. Every time he gets closer to death, he comes back stronger and more powerful and able to break through after experiencing a breakdown. And all these things just um, they they they. What's your favorite anime? Say that again. So what's your favorite anime? Naruto. Naruto? Yeah. Yeah, That's my like boy, a- he uh, he watches JoJo's Adventure as well. You ever watch that? I have not heard of it. Yeah, it's... Um- I, I'm I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. It's JoJo's Adventure. It's got like a million episodes too. That's the thing about this anime stuff is like if you're not if you're not into it, you got ten years of episodes to watch. <laughs> with some yeah, of no, this that's, stuff. That's, that's one thing that holds people back. It's like it's a lot to catch up, and then it's a lot of um, just fillers. I know Naruto has like a ton of fillers, so I would always go to the comics. Which um, it's so funny that now uh, Kangaroo Heroes, the company that um, actually mm-hmm. I'm not the founder of Kangaroo Heroes. I'm the community project manager. Oh, okay, so got I, it. I work uh, hand hand in hand with our founder. We have a comic book where we teach kids about finances, good sportsmanship, Uncle Sam, and taxes, entrepreneurship. Yeah. Business literature. A little rich dad, poor dad in there. Is that what I saw? Yes, sir. <laughs> I love it. No, it's all cool. And and like no, could go back on what you were talking about with the coming out like it's almost like the phoenix rising out of the ashes is every single time you bring you bring out even in a loss it doesn't even matter like sometimes again i think you do probably gain more out of losses because you sit there if you're self-reflective as i am i sit there and i'm like man how did i how did i lose that and then you just you get hyper focused on being better the next time you go in which makes you so much better um at anything and that's the piece to me that it that's some people they rise out of the ashes and they want to go for it again and other people it's like okay that was a lot i rose from the ashes i never want to get in that uncomfortable spot again and then some people get in these ruts um i'm curious like what is what is some of your advice for people that get into ruts and want to want to get into that space again but understand how hard it is to put themselves in those vulnerable uh, spots and uh, kind of what even maybe inside of that kangaroo what, what do you guys talk about inside of the inside of there about those types of situations so here let me um i have a great book i'd recommend first of all yeah uh, go for it shout out to james clear oh yeah it's atomic habits it's a great book and in atomic habits uh, James Clear speaks about ruts and how our habits uh, form a rut in the road. Picture a picture a road with no bricks and no and no gravel in it. It's just dirt, right? If you are, if you get off the right road and you are going, you know, you've lost, and that's what happens when you get in a rut. You've lost the way. You feel like you've lost the way, and you're on a bad road and you're stuck, you know, and and you've just been. Um, nurturing the wrong habits and the more you nurture them, the more you continue to do them, the deeper you dig that rut, right? And the only real big difference between a a rut and and a grave is a couple of inches, you know? So first thing is get out of that rut. You have to get out of it. Uh, You have to uh, be unreasonable. Do things that scare you. Do things that completely frighten you. That's how you're going to be able to get out of that rut. Take a cold shower. Take a freezing cold shower. As soon as you wake up, don't even brush your teeth. Get in the shower and turn the the water on freezing cold. And that fear you have, you're like, oh, shit, what the fuck is about to go down? Mm -hmm. That right there, you have to face that fear and say, hey, I'm going to get in here and I'm going to experience whatever this is. And I'm going to come out better from it. And it's it's statistically proven, it's experimentally proven that Cold showers have the same effect on our brain neurologically 
as doing cocaine. <laughs> it's crazy, but um, what it does is it lasts for like three to four hours after the cold shower. That high, you're like, oh my god, I feel unstoppable. My energy's high. I'm gonna, I'm gonna break through whatever wall gets in my way. And that's one of those things that it's good for your body. It it boosts your autoimmune system. It sharpens your mind. It puts you in a state like of like, oh man, like I'm awake, like. Got, and it costs and it costs zero dollars is there's like no barrier to entry to do this it's completely free yeah that's the thing too that that holds that a lot of people back is like you know you hear and and this was like a couple years ago gwyneth paltrow came out with this diet that you were supposed to be on and it was like this hollywood diet and it caught a bunch of shit because everything on the grocery list was like unattainable and I think that that's sometimes all of these gurus come out with these unattainable things to do to make you better. And I'm like, dude, you can just walk outside in the freezing cold, do this cold shower, um, do a push up, a push up, one push up, put on your shoes, just do something just like, yeah, just like James Clear talks about stack these habits like today you put on the shoes tomorrow, you put on the shoes and you take a step outside like these are easy things to to do if you break them down into these in these smaller parts and like you're talking about being unreasonable like you if you in your mind think i can't do that okay well now be unreasonable and say i can do that and then boom there's a there's a shift in your brain chemistry shifts completely oh yeah and all it of a sudden from, you can do things it goes from being impossible in your mind to be impossible, right? And that's when you make the decision. You're like, I can't do that. And then what happens is you can shift it from possible to probable, right? And that's a shift that happens when you decide to take action on it. Because when you decide to take action, you're you're shifting that 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 paradigm from prob from possible to probable. Let's say it's a one percent probability. Well, you know, it's day one, and on day two, it becomes two percent probable, and like a train, I love this analogy. Like a train, it takes a long fucking time for a train to get moving. Chicka 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 But once a train is moving at full speed, you fuck around and try to get in, in its path. A train will eat through a building long ways. It will eat through a whole building long ways and not lose any momentum. And what really happens here is you go from being unconsciously incompetent, like you're just you're just incompetent, like you just don't get shit done. That's what happens when you're in a rut, right? And the first step is awareness, because if you don't become aware of it, you're just gonna be unconscious about your incompetence. So you go from unconscious incompetence to conscious incompetence once you become aware of it you're like holy shit i'm fucking up i need to quit smoking i need to quit not going to the gym i need to quit eating fast food i need to quit treating my partner like that i need to quit being late to work you're, you're you're aware of it you're like yo i need to do that like i have to do that if i want better for my life so you're still incompetent though once you take action on it that's when that it goes from possible to probable right and the more that you stack up those those wins, those daily habits, it goes from conscious incompetence to conscious competence. Now you're competent because you're building up and nurturing and casting votes for those positive habits that you want to do, like reading, like writing, like going to the gym and 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 reaching out to people or going for a walk. I do unreasonable things like going outside barefoot because um, I enjoy feeling the earth and, and being connected to mother nature, but it's also proven that that like fuels up your body um, with positive protons and it like releases any negative energy. That yeah. Grounding. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So that you go from that conscious competence. Once you do that habit for so long, it just becomes play, you know, it just becomes a part of your lifestyle and then you're operating unconsciously in a competent matter and that's when you have that momentum to just eat through any obstacle that gets in your way um and, and it takes a lot of hard work it takes self-awareness it takes discipline it takes courage it takes temperance and and being able to tell yourself like yo i need to chill out i need to like go for a breather i need to take a walk i should probably just get to it you know i count down three 
two, one, boom. When mm-hmm. I wake up, I count down. The moment I come into consciousness, three, two, one, boom. Because if not, if I hit the snooze button, what happens then? You know what happens. You're like, uh, what am I doing today? Well, it's again, you just, you fail to show up for yourself. Like if whenever you go three, two, one, and you get up, boom, you just kept a promise to yourself at one, I'm getting up. That's, and I think that it, it comes down to those, those simple tasks of actually just doing what you say you're going to do every single time, or at least more than you don't. And I love the train analogy too, because those little steps, those stacking habits, as James Clear talks about in Atomic Habits, is every time that you you do one of these habits to aid in whatever whatever it is that you're trying to do, you're breaking it down and you, doing, you're piecing trying, it up. Doing. Yeah, so whatever, what you're doing, <laughs> the things that you're doing in order to gain this this larger goal, every time you stack those things up, you're casting your vote into yourself. He says it doesn't need to be a unanimous vote either. You don't need to be perfect. No one's nope. perfect. You have to do the right thing all the time. It just has just to Just do be it more than you don't. Vote, right? Yeah, you just got to do it more than you don't. And, and that's the piece that I think that trips a lot of us up is whenever we don't show up one day, you're like, well, that's it. No more. I, I'm still that. I'm still that person. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. That's not how it is. It's, start the streak over. That's it. That's it. You just start over. You got a little save button. You have a. You reached a checkpoint. It's. It's not starting completely over. I love that analogy. You reached the checkpoint. Yeah. You've made it this far. Now you need to just restart and keep pace. Yeah, but you don't restart from zero. You restart from here. That's the one thing I don't like about Andy Frizzella and his seventy-five hard is it's an all or nothing thing. And I think that that's a dangerous precedence. And I and I also get like where he's coming from, but it's the part to me that I think that there are these checkpoints. And I think whenever you allow yourself, because ultimately like, you're just not perfect. It's just not going to happen. So I think it, having those checkpoints and, and giving yourself some uh, some grace allows you to continue down your path in a meaningful way. And um, I, I just really like that part of it. So how do you go that book and you're into it? Let's go. Oh my God. James. And he's also just over here in Columbus, Ohio. I've been trying to get him uh, to come on the podcast because I just, yeah, I love that. I love his, his ability to break everything down and keeping it. The one thing that I like, and I've lived by this time and time again, and it's proven to be effective is when you want to do something, you have to make it as seamless as possible. There can't be friction. You have to have it available. Um, and for me, it was starting out running. It was like, have the shoes, have the socks, have your outfit done, get the food ready, all that stuff. Just have it done. Have it ready. There's we'll no friction. <laughs> yeah, you could sleep ready. Whenever I was doing the Goggins 4x4x48, four by four by that's how I did it. I, did, I, was, I slept ready. <laughs> like that's the only way to do it. Like You just... You have to like prepare yourself yeah. for the failure, you know, because if you don't prepare yourself, you're going to definitely fail. Bro, you put it, you put failure on the table, you're prepared for it. Yeah. If you think that you're never going to fail, you're never prepared for that thing. And when it comes, it's going to punch you right in the face and you're going to get knocked out. You know what? And you're I not going to know how to get up. I, I, with your permission, I will like to segue. I'm, so I'm in finance, right? Mm-hmm. You see the hoodie jumping jack taxes, Kangaroo Heroes, our parent companies, Jack USA, we're a millennial wealth management franchise. I'm a licensed life insurance agent, right? And I deal with this every single day. I, I call people to have one of the most important conversations of their life, preparing for the day that they're no longer around, or if they're ever met with a, a chronic critical or or debilitating illness or accident and nobody likes to prepare for those things thinking that you're going to die one day a lot of people don't think they're going to die you know a lot of people don't think that they're ever going to be in a traumatic accident or develop cancer that's nothing that anyone ever wants to think about but if you don't ever prepare for it when it happens if it ever happens i mean death is for sure talking about the other things that aren't yeah Uh, if you don't have someone that you touch base with and helps you prepare you leave your family in a devastating spot of risk. 
And this is this is my passion. It's, it's what fills up my heart with enthusiasm and love. That's why I'm so full of energy because I've been able to help over a thousand families to prepare for those moments and how they live their life afterwards. The, the baseline has been set. The worst case scenario, you already know what happens to your family. You know they're going to be well off. You know they're not going to have to scramble for GoFundMe. You know they're not going to have to do fish fries and, and ask for pennies to just bury you, whereas then they're still going to have to figure out how to replace your income if you're a parent, you know? So I love walking people through this because you have to be responsible. If you if you say you're a responsible individual, you have to have this taken care of. And it also elevates your self-image. You're like, yo, I got that shit taken yep. care of. Yeah. Life yep. insurance. My house paid off when I pass away. It don't belong to the bank no more. If my If I pass away before my children are 20, or financially independent, my whole family gets a million dollars, tax-free, cash. Yeah. I snowboard with confidence, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And it does. Whenever you start ticking off those things, we call it adulting, you start ticking these things off and preparing. I was watching Yellowstone the other day, and he's one of the comments on there is, the only thing that a parent thinks about is tomorrow. That's the only thing that you should be thinking about is how how is tomorrow going to be? Um, it's not about immediate gratification. It's about the future. It's about planning. It's about making sure that what I do today can provide for tomorrow and, and forward. Um, and if I'm not there, to your point, Victor, is if if I'm really not there tomorrow, how does how do how am I replaced? Um, and not to like put a price tag on our heads, but literally, that's we are a a contributing factor inside of our lifestyle. So you remove a that a pillar once Literally. you, yeah. And whenever we're talking about the suit, the proper sewage and all of that and houses and cars and you know, your way of life, it, it certainly goes away pretty quickly uh, if you're not prepared. And I love that you're out there, especially with somebody with your attitude um, just about life in general and creating that wellness for people. I think not only are you creating a brighter path for them and a more confident path for them. But you're also bringing this energy to it uh, that I think is very impactful to them just from a, a mindset point of view as well. It, it all matters. It's, mm -hmm. it's, and some people like one of my little brothers, I got, I have a, a younger brother and he'll tell me like, yo, it's not that big of a deal. Like it's not, I'm like, yo, you don't see what I see because how you do one thing is how you do everything. So I know that I realized that having these conversations with people, it's tough, you know, like these are tough conversations. And I noticed my energy, it, it matters the energy I bring to the table because if I'm just like doom and gloom, like, oh, I'm just trying to get paid, like let's issue this policy, that's not proper protection. I, I get fun with it, I do strategies. I even incorporate um, I even incorporate 23andMe DNA tests into it. Like, let's look into your family history. Let's see what is your recipe. What are you made out of? You know, um, let's find out what your DNA is predisposed to as far as health concerns in the future. Let's look into the future, next 10, 20, 30 years. What happens if you eat like, like your health doesn't matter? What happens if you don't exercise? What happens if you're not as responsible and proactive as possible. And I always like to say this quote, we've all heard it before, with great power comes great responsibility. Mm -hmm. We've all heard this quote before. It, the only thing that many of us haven't really thought of, and I love making this switch go off, is the opposite is also true. With great responsibility, whoever assumes great responsibility, the people that pick up the trash off the floor when they see it, the people that go out of their way to let people know, like, yo, you got a booger on your nose. You got a you got an eye booger on your on your eye. Yeah. Yo, I'm that guy. Yeah, like the people that go above and beyond, the people that do the things that others won't do, they are endowed with great power because they assume that responsibility. Because they care. They care about the your next human. They care about their brothers and sisters. They care about the well-being of others around them. And I and I'm like, that's what you exude to me. Whenever you're and I actually talked about this with uh, with Scott Campbell. He's one of our over at the Crazy Carl Collective. I talked to him about this, and it was more about employee boss relationship because he would go out on the line. He had a recycling company, 
one of the top recycling companies in the nation. And the recycling company, they did um, like technology recycling. So computers, smartphones, all this stuff. So they were breaking down components and, and like piecing everything out. Well, anyhow, obviously there's, there's an optimal way to do everything. And he set out to be the Pepsi or Coke of that industry. And he was doing that. So he would get constant feedback from his line. And I asked him, I said, who were the, who did you have on your, in your uh, organization what signs did they show you that said that they cared about the process? And he says, they would ask a lot of questions. They would ask a lot of questions about the process. They would ask a lot of questions about me. They were inquisitive. They were curious. Victor, same as you. You ask 23andMe, like, what's your history? What are you made of? Like, all of these pieces, when you start asking questions, this is my, like, this is my trick and not trick, but it's the way that I've created a really good income and a business in sales. I ask so many questions. I'm like, I'm the annoying guy on a tour because I'm asking questions about everything because I'm so curious. I just need to know. I'm, it just, it comes out of me and everybody around me is like, dude, we want to get through this. <laughs> but anyhow, he, Scott you told me something that affirmed yeah, it, it affirms everything that I've I've been living by and what I thought is when Scott told me that, he goes, they ask a lot of questions. And Victor, you're the same exact way. You ask a lot of questions. And for people, when they have to answer those questions, it makes them more self-aware. It breaks down their process. They have to, and when they don't know, either they A, figure it out, or B, they get defensive. Those are your only two options, or you know the answer, I guess, but I guess so there's three, but that defensive one, that's the one that you can tell because they, they get defensive of the question being asked. They defend themselves. Why are you even asking me this? Have you come across that ever? I do all the time. I actually just finished um, Chris Voss's uh, Never Split the Difference. Amazing book. Highly recommend it. Uh, Chris Voss is a retired FBI hostage negotiator. Ooh. Right. So asking the right questions. This is this is the guy. You know, how do I know they're alive? You know, well, well, um, where, how, how am I supposed to do that? You know, how, how, how do you, how do you predict that we'll be able to make it out of this uh, amicably? And and just asking all these important questions. And one of the questions that I always ask, um is I noticed that, like you said, sales, I'm in sales as well. Sales is psychology based, you know, and I, I completely understood what you said when you said trick, because often we have to trick people into doing things that are right for them. As a life insurance agent, I get people that get defensive on me all the time. They're like, oh no, I, I have life insurance through my job. It's okay, I don't need it. And I'm like, well, is it possible that I know a few things that you don't, <laughs> right? Is it possible? Yeah, Victor, it's possible that, you know, I'm sure you know a lot that I don't. I'm like, okay, so did you know that your job is obligated to provide you with the option for life insurance? They're not looking out after you. They're going to replace you once you die. They're not going to replace your income for your family. They're not going to continue to pay your family while you're not working. So what you should do is you should have your own independent ownership over your policy because they have that policy on you to look out for you, to look out for them not for you. So it's your responsibility to look out for yourself and your family. Your job isn't going to do it for you. I know it seems like it because of that, but that's just the bare minimum. And oftentimes I'll tell people that, um, for example, I had someone tell me once, this threw a curveball my way. I'm donating, I'm donating my body to science. <laughs> I'm like, well, okay. I'm like, I'm like, so you don't have family kids? They're like, no, no family, no kids, no one that's looking after me. I'm like, okay, do you have anything you believe in? Like, like a charity. I love fundraising for the children's hospital. It, it fills my heart to fundraise for kids that don't have the same opportunities and privileges that, um, that for example, my son has because they're in a hospital every single day. And he was like, you know what I do? I care about, uh, what did he say? He said, um, he cares about the, the charity water. 
Charity Water is an amazing organization. They they drill uh, water wells in Africa and 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 India and different countries mm-hmm. to bring water to clean water to villages and people that don't have it. And he's like, yeah, I, I would like to leave something off for them. And I'm like, how much money would you like to leave them? She's like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, for fifteen dollars a month, you could leave them a hundred thousand dollars. I was like, yeah, okay, I can I can find fifteen dollars a month, and I was able to help him elevate his self image by putting $15 forth every month to do that. And what it does is it allows him to feel good about making money because once you donate, you feel great about the money that's coming your way because you know, it's a circle, the money that comes your way, you're, you're giving some of it away for other causes and other things that need it more than you do. Yeah. Whenever you can give away your excess into things that you actually truly believe in this, where you talk about self-image having that self-image and going about your life with that confidence to know that you're you have a purpose you know that that it gives you a purpose um do you talk about that a lot whenever you're talking with folks about kind of planning do you talk about purpose yeah all day long all day long it's um it's one of those big questions you know like what is the meaning of life (laughs) yeah right yeah like how do we break that down what is the meaning of life? Um, it's ever changing. It's ever evolving. It's not one set thing. It, it, all right. So as humans, we have this beautiful range of emotions, you know, and I say beautiful because the dark ones are just as beautiful as, as, as the light ones and being able to be aware of them, we can experience love and compassion and empathy, camaraderie, brotherhood, um, all these great emotions, enthusiasm, energy, uh, uh generosity, you know, and then for all great emotion, there is an equal and opposite, uh, depression, anxiety, uh, self-doubt, um, self-neglect, self-deception. There's just, there's an, an infinite amount of them. So being aware that we're going to fluctuate our heartbeat. When you see a heart monitor, it goes, doo, 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 doo. if ever it's, it's neutral, that person is no longer alive. So understanding the beauty in the fact that we do have ups and downs and being being aware of the things that are going to help us to be aware of the where we are in those moments. So one of the things that I do is um I run a a a bi a bi weekly space. No, it's not bi-weekly. It's twice a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays. The Beastoic space happens every Tuesday and Thursday, every single week at 9 a.m. Eastern. And stoicism is something that's drastically changed my life. So stoicism is basically uh, philosophy, the study of the virtues and values that allow us to live fuller lives. When you look at the etymology of the word, you know, where it comes from, and you break it down into its root, uh, philo is love, right? Philo translates love, and and, and osophy is, is wisdom. Love of wisdom is what philosophy stands for. And wisdom is one of the cornerstones of, of stoicism. The next one is courage. So having the courage to act on your fears and do the things that you don't want to do necessarily, uh, being the person that is going to get the job done and is going to uh, help others along the way, having the, the temperance to control yourself and not let your emotions control you. Temperance is so important, you know, knowing what energy to bring into certain places and, and when mm. to leave certain energies at the door when you're walking into some places. So it's wisdom, it's courage, it's temperance, and it's justice. Fair play. You have to be fair. You can't be trying to screw people over. You can't be trying to, to oh, I, I want to I come out on top. You're not going to always come out on top. Many times you're, you're just going to break even. And uh, stoicism is something that I love. We had our morning space today. And today... We talked about uh, how sacred it is to be uh, our ourselves, you know, how sacred it is to have understanding of where we are. And one of the things that stood out from Marcus Aurelius's quote, uh, Ryan Holiday is the author of The Daily Stoic, which is where we read from. And he says, there are people that couldn't even think of imagining the life that you have. because their baseline is, is, is Maslow's hierarchy of needs says that you need to first secure your shelter, your food, and, and, 
and your water, shelter, food, and water, basic human necessities. And then you can move up and start to look into um, uh, providing a little extra, you know, like adventure and, 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 and uh, community is the next step up after that, you know, camaraderie, being able to interchange and, and, and connect with others, unity, cohesion, uh, sports, team plays, and then the step after that, I believe it's um, it's self-fulfillment, self-actualization, like donating and doing things to help others. So I would highly recommend looking into Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Uh, more importantly, taking a personality test. I take personality tests every year to see how I've changed, how I've grown, where my strengths are, where my weaknesses are. And that's something that allows me to... to continue to tap in with my self-awareness. I know that was a, that was a, that was quite a soundbite. No, you're good, man. I, I love that. And that's the piece too, that I, I refer to Maslow's heart hierarchy of needs ever since I got it in my freshman year of college, it has stuck with me. I, I was just a, such a psychology buff that Maslow stuck with me. And then ever since then, I've really been into this, this whole entire pyramid of trying to trying to reach that self-actualization and just those of you reading at home, it's physiological, uh, safety, belonging and love, esteem, cognitive, aesthetic, self-actualization, and I can't transcendence. transcendence. Yeah. Yep. So those of you following along on your on your journey, um, that's the Maslow hierarchy of needs. However, I wanted to dive into the space that you run. Because I was again, I run a space every Tuesday, and it's tough to get asses in the seats. And I love that you are. I was looking at some of the numbers, and that's that's a quite the impressive recurring um, recurring space that you have. And to be able to read from you're, you're doing a, a, I guess it's a biweekly, so twice a week, but not. Yeah, how do you even say that? It's biweekly, right? I've been thinking about that. I think it's because, uh, like, bi monthly would be every two weeks, but bi weekly is twice a week. So, anyhow, you're doing you're doing it twice a week. So Tuesdays and Thursdays, and you're doing a reading from the Daily Stoic and kind of breaking down and and what the what that daily word is. Do you get a lot of um? What first off, what do you think about spaces? Why are you investing so much time in spaces? Um, why is that drawing to you? Why is that speaking to you? We are, how's he go? We are building. We are building in the bear market. Yes, sir. <laughs> I love spaces because it's um it's international. You know, we can connect with people. My co-host lives in Costa Rica. We have people that tune in from Panama, from uh, Florida, from um, Hawaii, from Mexico, from uh, I'm pretty sure we had someone from 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 Brazil in there the other day uh from across the ways and on the other side of the pond uh, we've had uh, we have we've had Europe, european people tap in um it's and it's be stoic so you have like the gary b in there you have the v friends um like all of that intertwined un unaffiliated of course unaffiliated. all of this like fan shit is unaffiliated but it still gives a nod to the whole entire v friends community um and I'm I'm curious, what because um, you guys have the the kangaroo is a kangaroo an NFT project? So Kangaroo Heroes is an NFT project okay. by Donnell. He's uh, the founder of Jumping Jack Taxes and Jack USA, and um, it's it's an independent project. We're looking to build bridges between V Friends and and other uh, projects out there. We're we're in the ground, we're in the dirt, we're an underdog still. But um, I'm I'm out here every day just moving. Well, I would. So we have a project as well with with NF Daddies, and we're all about education and, and onboarding. So I think there's definitely some some talks that we can have offline because I just even with the the comic book that you have and how you're teaching through comics that that to me is just a that's a win that that that's what it is. And the reason why I think it's such a win is. I remember growing up, we had the highlights magazines. Oh yeah, you know, I I now read the adult version, which is National Geographic. Like it's all it's all about education and and doing it in a way that is 
kind of meeting them where they're at. Um, so with comic books, if they're a comic fan, they're obviously going to read that and then you can evolve that into whatever. And the cool thing about NFTs is you can give access to it. So I'm curious, what is your, what's your vision for maybe the, the near term on NFTs and where you think it's going to, um, how you're going to impact others with NFTs? It's a great question, Ron. Great question. Uh, NFTs, I just I just heard that someone was served a subpoena via NFT in Florida. And that uh that just that just it's the tip of the iceberg because it's developing. We're very so early on. It's 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 a wee little baby, right? Uh and what I mean by that is in the immediate future, we look to connect in deeper ways with our NFT holders. So for example, you see this black tie kangaroo hero right here? Mm -hmm. April 29th, we're having a black tie gala event. Only way in is if you own one of these black tie kangaroo heroes, right? So connecting with people in real life, and it's going to be a classy event. We're bringing our franchisees. We have 20 franchises, Jumping Jack Tax franchises across the country. We have over 2,000 NFT holders. We have a corporate office with about um 20 employees and we're bringing together our our black tie holders our franchisees and our community our network of high value individuals some of the speakers that we've had in the conferences we've hosted so for example you see this hugh hefner looking rue up here the robot rue mm -hmm. he has a crypto chain on a bitcoin chain and if you have a crypto bitcoin or, or ethereum chain you have access to a a web three a web three conference that we host i we hosted a basically a foundational web three conference where we had professionals we had a board a lady board ape come through we had um we had wallet guards talking about uh how to protect your assets how i to, like how wallet to, guard how, how, yeah wallet i had the their, their guy come through and just do an amazing presentation with us we had um he not crypto come through and and drop gems on the community it was um it was it was quite interesting seeing the implications of ar and vr augmented and virtual reality where you can throw on a headset and be on the floor have floor seats to uh, a lakers and warriors game from your couch you know like it looks like curry's right there and lebron's right there but you're in your couch right so Augmented reality, virtual reality, NFTs, uh, it's crypto. It's not just one thing. It's it's a big web of different things in combination and how you can uh how you can combine them to form experiences. And that's really what I'm getting at here. It's about the experience. The experience of networking. That's what the black tie event is gonna be, you know, looking good and meeting up with people that you've been chopping it up with for over a year over the internet on Twitter spaces the crypto, educating yourself and your friends and family on what the future of this industry is going to look like. We have another conference coming up. It's going to be a SWOT analysis on the digital evolution. SWOT is strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. You know, what are the strengths and weaknesses of Web3, of this digital evolution? What are the opportunities? And more importantly, what are the threats? In the book Limitless, Jim Quick goes into the digital threats that we're currently experiencing because there's a pandemic going on through this digital evolution people are digitally depressed when you when they scroll on instagram they're like oh my god i can't even i can't even keep up with how these models look and and all these people driving lamborghinis and flying on airplanes and they live vacations people are depressed because they're overloaded with what they're being influenced by digital deluge people are drowning in information you can look up anything on Google. So people are unfocused. Many times we lose focus and we just look up any amounts of things and then we drown in information and it puts us into an anxiety state where we don't really know what to think about. The banks are crashing, Ukraine's at war, uh, the, 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 mm -hmm. the, the train wreck in Ohio. There's a lot of things going on. So being able to deploy philosophy and stoic virtues to hone us in on focused initiatives, uh, there is 
another two digital threats that are going on, but it's just a lot of information. It, it matters who you tap in with and who you allow to influence you. And I would just, I'm honored uh, to, to, to have a following that I have. I'm honored to, that people come to me for advice and that uh, people surround themselves with me. I'm, I'm, I'm humbled and just super grateful and thankful for where I am today and the people that I surround myself with. Very grateful to be here with you, by the way, too, Ron. Yeah, Victor, and I'm I'm super happy that you were able to um, c- create the time to come on the show and bless us with the information that you're dropping here, especially just with your just with the energy and the attitude and all of these little uh, these nuggets that you're you're giving to us. One of the things that uh, that you had mentioned earlier is just being able to be. Um, ha- having that self confidence and being able to look at yourself and knowing that a you're you're just doing the things and you're being unreasonable and showing up for yourself each and every single day that's the part to me that and then also just recently you just said um, you know some people can't even this is where we got into the Maslows you can't even they can't fathom the life that you're currently living because they're they're setting their bar at a level where um, because they just need these basic necessities in life and they they're virtual reality is so far from reality <laughs> for them that th- they can't even comprehend what we're even talking about. And I think that um, bringing them along for that journey is going to be the most important piece. And what you're talking about with NFTs and, and cryptocurrency and the AR and AI is is an, it's an inevitable future, in my opinion. Um, we're just going to continue to evolve in this space and, and in this way, uh, just like we evolved away from newspapers yeah newspapers to radio radio to tv tv to the internet um the the internet is now decentralized and and i think that that evolution continues um so having people out there like you leading the charge and and uh having these events and having these network sessions um that that to me is one of the most important pieces is to make sure that we don't allow these uh artificial intelligences to create videos and sound bites and shit like that. So we listen to that. We, we listen to people in real life as well um, as seeing them on the internet and talking to them there. That's why I was curious what your thoughts were on spaces and the future, because I think that there's, there's an and thing here where we can create really cool bonds over, over the internet and being able to communicate that way. I mean, in, in web three, there's usually like no faces, no nothing. All you get is this avatar and their voice. Um, and just through those two mediums, you're able to create these long-lasting uh, bonds. And then you go to these events, and then you see them in real life. And boy, it's powerful shit. It's amazing. Were you at VCon last year? Oh, yeah. Are you going this year? Oh, yeah. Let's go! Yeah, man. Yeah. Yes, sir. Right, now, that was a thing, too, that I wanted to know. Are you piggybacking off of other events for your events, or are you having events on your own? Like, are you are you doing them the same time? Let's say VCon. Are you going to have an activation for your kangaroos, or? We're coming strong Good. for VCon. We're coming so strong for VCon. I'm actively putting together a note-sharing doc uh, from last year's notes. I already have some pieces put together on that on different speakers and stages and activations. And I'm assembling a team to go to VCon and gather notes uh, this upcoming year. We will also be, uh, hopefully, it's not it's not in the clear yet, we'll hopefully be having a very interesting sponsorship at VCon. It's um, just speaking it into existence. I really hope that- There you uh, go. This way because I'm very, very excited for it. Well, good. Well, Victor, I wish you all the luck. Thank you again for taking the time today to come on the show. Is there anything else you'd like to get across to the listeners before we part ways today? Uh, first off, uh, thank you, Ron. I think you're running a great gig here, a tight shift. I, I had a great time uh, chopping it up with you. And for anyone out there listening, uh, thank you for your support. Thank you for listening uh, through this. I know uh, it was about an hour long, which it's, it's, I try to come on and provide as much value as possible. Sometimes it's a bit much, but uh, I would highly recommend and, and, and invite you. It would be an honor if you join us on the Be Stoic Space. We run Tuesdays and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Eastern. All you have to do is go on Twitter and look up Stoic B, S-T-O-I-C-B-E-E. And uh, as far as Kangaroo Heroes goes, it's just like that. Kangaroo Heroes on Instagram and Twitter. 
just Kangaroo Heroes. We're doing a lot of great things. I look forward to meeting you at VCon, Ron. And oh, yeah. Anyone else that's listening that's going to be there, I'd highly recommend uh, tapping in with me on Twitter. It's We365 or Instagram, Victor's Touch. My DMs are always open. I love helping people and connecting. And uh, I wish you the best. You're worthy of everything that you desire. You have what it takes within you to achieve your wildest dreams and, and goals. And uh, if I may, I'd love to wrap us up with a poem. Oh, please do. Excellent. So thank you. This poem is called Will to Win. If you Google it, Will to Win, it'll pop up. If you want a thing bad enough to go out and fight for it, work day and night for it, give up your time and your peace and your sleep for it. If only desire of it makes you quite mad enough never to tire of it. If gladly you'll sweat for it, fret for it, plan for it, lose all your terror of God or man for it. If you simply go after the thing that you want with all your capacity, strength and sagacity, faith, hope and confidence, stern pertinacity, if neither cold, poverty, famished and gaunt, nor sickness, nor pain of body or brain can turn you away from the thing that you want. If dogged and grim, you besiege and beset it, you'll get it. Thank you for having me, Ron. Thank you, Victor. I appreciate you so much for that. Hey, guys, as always, enjoy the journey. Take care. Thank you for staying here until the very end. If you would do us a favor and leave a comment or a review wherever you downloaded or streamed this podcast from, that goes a long way to help us spread the word about growth mindset. If you're a Web3 native or looking to get started, you can catch us over at Twitter on Tuesday nights where we host the Twitter Spaces at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard. There are unique surprises for those of you who attend those shows in addition to our podcast here. It's a Rug Radio production. Until next time, enjoy the journey.